There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. A big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America and a pleasure to be back with you again for another week. Uh, we're going to talk today about the unstoppable startup about mastering Israel's secret rules of chutzpah with Uri Adoni. And, uh, and I just hope that, um, you know, today's interview, you know, helps you become unstoppable in this uh, strange time that we're living in at the moment. But I am hearing, you know, of people who are um, changing their business models at the moment, who are focusing on areas where people you know, need uh, need products and services, and their businesses are starting to flourish. They've been doing U-turns and uh, you know adjustments to their products, and and I think it's um, you know it is a really great time at the moment to, to take an assessment uh, of your business and and where things are, and uh, maybe have a think about whether you need to to pivot and adjust. And I hope that we give you lots of ideas and thoughts during this show, which kind of inspire you to be able to step up and, and elevate um, what you're doing, and also to be able to survive this situation at the moment, really kind of mentally. And, and positively, and encourage you to stop um, watching too much news, for example. Um, on last week's show, we had Tony Morris. Tony is a, a, a real expert in sales. He used to speak all over the world. He's now doing lots of things online, as you would imagine. And Tony was talking about how to sell when no one uh, wants to buy. And um, I had uh, quite a bit of feedback on that show from people saying that uh, you know the, the ideas were lots of golden nuggets and uh, real thought-provoking uh, you know, ideas and thoughts on how to uh, be more um, effective with your with your sales approach and, and authentic as well, which is really important uh, and to, to really help you to move things forward uh, at the moment. So um, one of my highlights yesterday, was, um, which was quite amusing, was uh, that my, um, my youngest son, who's only 10, Daniel, I want to mention him because he secretly, um, the night before, put a, a kiss backdrop, the rock band Kiss, onto my Zoom and also gave me a beard and a moustache, which was rather embarrassing for my call yesterday morning, but caused a lot of hilarity. So I want to thank, you, thank my 10-year-old for, um, for elevating our amusement yesterday morning. So why do Israeli startups have a far higher probability of success and attract more venture capital than startups in other parts of the world? Well, my guest today, Yuri Adoni, says that all of, that's all about Hotspur, which uh, is spelled Chutzpah, Hotspur. So what is Hotspur and what are its secret rules that increase success? And uh, how has it contributed to the success of, of many successful startups? And Apple, for example, um, apparently um, utilized some of these principles to help them as they, as they developed as a business. Now, Yuri Adoni is the author of The Unstoppable Startup, Mastering Israel's Secret Rules of Chutzpah, and has over 20 years of experience in the high-tech space. He uh, was a partner at an organization called Jerusalem Venture Partners Media Labs for over 20 years. Uh, he also um, was uh, CEO of MSN Israel and uh, was one of Israel's new media pioneers. He's been a partner at um, Leo Burnett Israel Advertising Agency and a strategic planner at Ogilvy. So background in advertising where he worked with Coke and Procter & Gamble and IBM and people like that. And he's now uh, a keynote speaker, a panelist, a judge, 
uh, and he speaks at high-tech conferences. He's spoken all over the world, places like the US, Germany, and Brazil. And today he um, works for a US-based real estate entrepreneur developing a very new and innovative approach for building high-tech ecosystems and communities across the US. So a huge welcome to my guest today, Yuri Adoni. Hi, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, nice, nice to talk to you. So Yuri, uh, you were going to talk about uh, Hotspur and uh, Israel's um, secret rules. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that you're talking to us from Israel, Israel today. Yes, correct. So where are you? I'm uh, just outside Tel Aviv in the countryside. Uh, uh, beautiful. And, uh, yeah. and how are you, how are you uh, coping over there? What's, what's life like at the moment in this uh, unusual period in our history? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of a strange uh, wave. So we were now in a quarantine that's going to end tomorrow, looks like it. So uh, hopefully the numbers will keep on going down so we, we can stay this way. Um, but I guess we kind of learned to live with it. Um, and so uh, it's become some kind of, uh, as everybody called it, the new normal. Yeah, and what's your, I mean, what's your perspective? Do you think we're, is it going to take years to move through this or are we going to see a light at the end of the tunnel quicker than that? What's your thoughts? Um, no, I think, uh, I think there's so many companies uh, moving forward to come up with solutions. So I think eventually there will be some kind of a combination of a vaccine uh, treatment uh, or specific drugs and uh, instant checks. So uh, I think before you go on a plane, you can check and uh, within 30 minutes, 30 seconds, or you'll get an, uh, an answer. Uh, you'll get a vaccine, a vaccine like you have with flu. And, and, and if you have it, you'll probably have some kind of a medicine to cure it. So I think that, you know, anywhere between uh, six months, 10 months, I think we, most, of, most of us will be able to come back to a uh, kind of normal way of doing. Having said that, I don't think that uh, we will come back to the place we were before. So the world has changed and uh, I don't think we should uh, uh, have a, the illusion that everything will be just as it before. But uh, I think in that perspective, maybe some of the things are, uh, uh, are actually evolving in a good way rather than yeah. a negative way. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm certainly hoping that this uh, this paradigm shift we've had, this uh, you know, real change in in kind of reality for people, uh, is a bit of wake up call. And uh, and I think there's um, one of the opportunities with this now is, I, I guess, unlike when Edward Jenner came up with the, um, the 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 solution for smallpox after 320 million people had died. Um, you know, today we've we've got this ability, haven't we, to to connect and collaborate, unlike um, any period in history, really, to bring you know things to solutions a lot lot quicker. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but also, by the way, uh, as as a high tech person, I would say that if you look at two thousand and eight crisis, which is different, but it also was a, a big crisis, uh, you had some really good companies uh, uh, that were uh, born right after that, you know, like WhatsApp, Airbnb, Dropbox, Uber, Groupon, Slack, all these kind of pictures, all these companies were kind of, uh, um, were uh, established right after the, uh, the previous uh, crisis. And so I think that we will see a similar thing. You will, we will kind of see some new companies emerging, uh, whether it will be in the telemedicine uh, space, whether it will be in other uh, areas, I think it will be interesting to look at that angle as well. Yeah, yeah, and there's certainly markets at the moment which we're already seeing signs of 
of booming. I was hearing that there's in the UK, there's a never been more kind of a hot tub sold, Mr. Holly. And, uh, uh, and obviously people are, as you say, focusing in on healthcare. Uh, they're focusing in on um, certain types of financial services and, um, and, and various other different product holiday homes uh, is a big boosting area over here too. So t- tell us a little bit, I've not been to Israel. I mean, what's, what's, was life like for you as a, a child growing up in Israel and what, what inspired this fascinating career that you've had? Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, happy to say that it was a happy childhood, uh, grew up in Jerusalem. Um, but, uh, I've always been fascinated by, uh, technology in a way. So, uh, you know, as a child in the late seventies and eighties, you know, you, you start playing around with the first Atari and the games and then Microsoft and Apple came out with the first computers. So all these kind of, uh, I kind of grew up with it was, which was interesting. Uh, and, and I thought it's really, you know, kind of wor- you, you see the world changing in front of your eyes and you're part of that, which is, which is fascinating. And, um, and I think that uh, I've always been, uh, my father, my late, late father was a doctor, an MD, and he always loved technology. He, is, uh, he was always bringing, uh, you know, the fir- one of the first one who brought ultrasound to, to uh, implement ultrasound in, ho- in, the hosp- in the hospital he was working. He was working and coming out with all these kind of new technologies in the medical area. And so uh, I always found that fascinating. Um, together with the... I think it's always been interesting for me. I always tried to understand how how is it that people coming with a completely new ideas, not just technology, you know, but can be uh, look at Picasso at the time or Van Gogh back at his time. He, you know, they made something nobody has made before, and you know, it was just paint and brushes. They, they didn't have any new technology. It was just their minds. Uh, or Hockney, you know, David Hockney with his like 3D kind of photography that he's made, you know, Pink Floyd, you know, I, I, I remember the first time I've heard the dark side of the moon and I, <laughs> it just blew me off. I said, wow, what was that? You know, all the bells and all this effect. I, I, and it always, so it always fascinated me the fact how, how, how people come with these new concepts that were never thought of before. And I think that when you look at technology in our days, it's, probably the, the most fertile ground to come up with these ideas that can come up, that can become businesses and uh, new business models and new technologies. And, uh, um, you know, one of the things you learn in this business is that usually the main limit is not the technology, it's the human mind, because the technology is basically accessible almost to everybody. Yes, you need to develop some algorithms or you need to write some code or whatever. But uh, many of these successful startups that you see today, they don't necessarily have a strong intellectual property. Uh, and you can look at the, you know, the largest uh, uh, in the world, but they came up with a new concept, a new paradigm that the world was ready for. And uh, in a way, nobody thought about this uh, previously. And you know, we can elaborate on some examples later. Um, so I thought that kind of... Uh, um, and this is kind of some of the book is about that, about this mindset that you can challenge what you know and challenge reality in a, in a, in a, and look at it from a new, fresh angle. So uh, I think that was also part of kind of uh, of my childhood, I guess, that uh, contributed to that. Quite exciting. It got me thinking back about I remember seeing 
I, I remember seeing an, an Atari at my uncle's uh, when I was a, a young child and, you know, marveling at, uh, at, at uh, the most simple game of tennis you can ever imagine. And, uh, having a Sinclair spectrum and uh, being able to program it to um, create a clock, which uh, stopped at 59 seconds because the memory <laughs> ran out and <laughs> look at where we are today. So it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Really where we, where we've come in our lifetime, Yuri. Yeah, exactly. You could actually, we we're living through a really interesting era. And this, um, yeah, and this is technological change. It's um, I mean, it's something that, is accelerating and accelerating, isn't it? So we're going to see even more in the next 20 years than maybe that we saw in the last, you know, 40 or 50. Yeah, it, it, it's still accelerating. The uh, computing power is getting more and more uh, strong. You know, uh, AI is uh, much more sophisticated, so we can, uh, you know, the, the predictions will be much more accurate. So there's a lot of things that um, will be happening, you know, the, the search of the human gene, mm. uh, a lot of these things will change a lot of the things that we know today uh, in terms of how we even live, eat, um, exercise, um, you know, you can print tissues, you can have nano, nano robots uh, going around your body and delivering drug to the right place, all these kind of science fiction uh, kind of things are actually happening. So, and uh, it's all within, you know, the next 10 years, it's not more than that. Yeah. As I was talking to uh, Tom Campbell, who was uh, an, a, a NASA physicist um, a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we were just saying that uh, technology and the speed of technology, you know, is a good thing. And he was sort of saying, actually, the technology is a good thing in the right hands with the right intentions, but it's, uh, it's not when they're, it, there are the wrong intentions, and I suppose that's the, the the way to look at it. It can be um it can be something that can uh, completely transform and flourish, and or it can be something that can uh, damage and destroy. Um, I'm just interested in um your sort of current role. What what exactly does your you said that your, your organisation real estate, but has a very innovative approach. It's, uh, it's called Manatech. It's more than the real estate. It's uh it's kind of a interesting. The 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 founder of the organisation is a large. Uh, uh, real estate developer in the U.S., mainly in Miami and in Jersey City, and uh, they bought, uh, you know, uh, over 53 buildings, I think, in in downtown Miami and in Jersey, quite a lot of land and buildings. And the idea there is uh, to create these communities, uh, um, high-tech communities that will uh, have these high-tech hubs that will include, you know, the startups, the investors, the corporates, uh, the academia. Uh, but alongside that, you know, entertainment, residents, hotels, restaurants, performing arts centers, all these kind of things. So it's kind of a um, transforming uh, a whole area in a city in a good way, creating jobs, obviously, uh, uh, and attracting uh, entrepreneurs and investors from outside the city. And so, um, yeah, we've been working on that in the last uh, uh, almost two years now. Fantastic. And we've just got a two or three minutes till commercial break, but I'm yeah, so what what was it? What's your reason for writing? You've, you've clearly got very very busy background. You've had some really serious 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 senior roles, and uh, you're now, uh, I guess, based in Israel, but you've got this involved in this US organization. What made you decide to write this book, The Unstoppable Startup? What was your what um, drove you to? I, I think uh, th there were two main drivers. The the first one was uh, a lot of uh, delegations and conferences I, I, I you know, uh, delegation I hosted and 
conferences I talked to, everybody was saying, you know, what's the secret sauce? What's the secret sauce behind this Israeli success? How come you're the second largest, you know, tech hub after the Silicon Valley, you know, with, you mentioned it, the, the highest density of startups per capita, the highest uh, venture capital per capita, et cetera. Number three, NASDAQ after the US and China, and we're only 9 million people. So kind of what's the secret sauce? And that was kind of the thing that uh, I, was, I was thinking quite a lot. Uh, there's a few answers to that, but uh, I tried to kind of uh, nail it down to, uh, to something specific. And the other thing is the statistics of, of startups that uh, uh, around 75, just over 35% of startups uh, don't make it. And, uh, and I thought if I can contribute my humble contribution to uh, uh, the startup world and to a few entrepreneurs uh, and try to decrease this uh, number of, uh, uh, of uh, and decrease this number, increase the number of success, uh, successful startups, that will be, I think, uh, that will be good. So these kind of two things were, uh, I think, the main motivations uh, behind that. Excellent. Well, well, after the break, we'll talk about chutzpah and uh, what that's all about. And, and we'll start to talk about six kind of secret principles behind this, which uh, you know, you've identified of being major contributors to the success of startups in Israel. So we'll be back again with you all in, a, in just a couple of minutes. I have a paper and a pad because I'm sure there'll be ideas and thoughts here that you can take away then to help you to elevate your business because that's what we're about. You know, I help organizations to develop and to grow and to develop leaders and highly engaged workplaces. And I'm bringing you sort of content and amazing guests like Yuri who can, um, you know, fill in the jigsaw puzzle of, uh, of uh, making business, you know, successful, but also enjoyable. But also I believe we should be doing it for good reasons to contribute in this uh, world at the moment uh, that needs, um, you know, a bigger, bigger focus on doing things for the right reasons and uh, creating the right ripples and uh, that uh, solve uh, make great solutions to some of the problems that we face at the moment. So we're we'll back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Yuri Adoni. We're talking about uh, a stoppable startup, and we're going to talk about um, this concept of chutzpah. So what, what is it, Yuri? Um, so uh, I guess uh, it's it's hard to define it, uh, but uh, I think it's uh, this is why you know there's so many examples in the book. So try to uh, uh, demonstrate through examples. But overall, uh, I think the closest uh, word in English is audacity or go to or being very bold uh, and and all of the above. But the interesting thing about this uh, word or concept that it has uh, both a positive and a negative aspect to it. I'm uh, obviously talking about the positive and we'll elaborate on that, but the negative is, you know, being arrogant or rude, which uh, uh, I don't uh, support by all means, And uh, but it's also part of it. So in a way, you should be very uh, conscious how do you use chutzpah because there's a thin line between the positive and the neg- negative side of that. I'm glad you, glad you sort of cleared that up because that was, that was my... Because I was wondering that because I, I actually found myself before our, our conversation just trying to understand. Oh, I've never really understood. I've never understood anti-Semitism, and I just I've got Jewish friends. I've had a Jewish girlfriend once. I've got um, friends in my network that I think might be Jewish, but I'm not really sure. We've never discussed it, and I've never seen. I've never seen um, seen that. But obviously, the, you know, there has been through history this sort of issue, and I just wondered whether you know it was the, some of the attitude around maybe chutzpah, which might have contributed to some of that? Um, I don't know what you're... Um, it's an interesting thought. I haven't thought about it from that angle. I think probably anti-Semitism and racism has uh, kind of deeper roots uh, than just that. But I do think that it may have contributed uh, to some uh, prejudice or, or racist uh, behavior. Um as part of, I guess, the, the Jewish culture, but um, but I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I I think it may be part of that. I don't think we can uh, put it all just on that. Yeah. So so what I do is we we'll look look at these secrets, but I think also it's thinking what what can we really draw from this that we can all utilize in in a very you know my opinion we should do things in a very authentic way. So let's talk about um, you know the six you've identified six secrets. 
of Hotspur. I'm just very briefly just overline what the six are, and then let's go and have a conversation about as many of them as we can before we we end the end the show. Um, sure. So just very quickly going through them, uh, and then I'll elaborate on each uh, uh, quickly. But uh, the first one is uh, about challenging reality, reality and the status quo. Uh, the second one is about dominate uh, the market category uh, that you're after or create a new one. Um, the third one is about foreseeing the future and innovate to meet its demands. The fourth is the market needs it even if it doesn't know it yet, and it's, a, it's an interesting concept. The fifth one is about bending the rules and not just following the exact rules always. And the sixth one is about show, don't tell. Um, and uh, I think uh, the first one um, to kick it off, uh, uh, I think it's probably the foundation for everything because it's uh, um, the fact any innovation or any new concept will come from challenging the reality as we know it or the status quo. So uh, as long as you're doing kind of the same thing uh, or you're doing, you know, a me too, something that somebody else did and you're just copying, it's not really innovation and it doesn't have this chutzpah element within it. I think that uh, when, you, when we are talking about this mindset of chutzpah, which I think is very important, is uh, it's, it's to enable yourself or to kind of look at the world uh, from the eyes of saying, um, I understand that this is how it works, but who says that? who said that it should work like this. I think it should be better. I think this problem should be tackled. I think this approach could be improved. And so this is kind of the way uh, to look at it. And uh, maybe to give a quick example uh, of a company uh, that, that just did that in the kind of antivirus space. Uh, it's a company called Cyacti, which I, I, I talk about in the book. But what they did was uh, um, the whole virus uh, world is or the antivirus is that the hackers create viruses and then the antiviruses companies come with this the antivirus and then the hackers change the virus and it's kind of a cat and mouse thing and um, the interesting thing they found is that they uh, discovered that 98 percent of the new viruses are are actually are are made from existing viruses so the hackers just change something that passes the existing antiviruses and thus creating a new virus but it's not really new it's like it's kind of a mutation or modification of an existing virus. So what they said, they say, let's come up with this technology and create tens of thousands of mutations out of existing viruses. And then we will know, or we can predict what will be the future viruses. And when we do that, we can create some kind of a machine, so to speak, that will block the viruses that hasn't been invented yet. And, uh, and so they've kind of changed the whole paradigm of, of, this, of this antivirus thing because you don't need to wait for the hacker to come up with a new virus. You actually have it already in the machine. And you, once he comes up with it, there's a very good chance that their algorithm has already created it and thus they can block it. Uh, it was uh, very innovative uh, and... Uh, and uh, it's kind of... Uh, PayPal bought them very quickly, like after... I think less than 18 months from inception. Uh, it was a very, very quick exit. But, uh, it, it, but I think it's a good demonstration of, uh, of looking at the same problem from a different angle and saying, you know what, that doesn't make sense that the antiviruses will chase the hackers. It should be the other way around, and they change it. Uh, so I think that uh, looking, and, and 
and I'm talking about technology, but I guess it's true to any business. Uh, I think that a lot of uh, a lot of businesses are um, are looking at the world as is and kind of accepting it uh, as is. And uh, in many cases, you, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, you would find these new angles to look at uh, or to look from and uh, come up with these new new solutions uh, and thus will enable you to win the market in many cases. That's, that's great. So I guess you mentioned, I think, Airbnb, I think you mentioned very briefly. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. The example, they, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they didn't, I mean, technology is, they're using technology. It's not a technology company. It's a hospitality company. And, and, and you know, the story, by the way, behind this, this, this company is that the founder just, uh, there was this conference in San Francisco and uh, the, all the hotels were booked. And he really wanted to go to this conference, but he, did, he couldn't pay for the ticket. So he said he posted this uh, kind of post saying, uh, I can, whoever wants to, I have a room. If you want to rent it uh, for X amount of dollars, and this is how he wanted to subsidize his ticket. And he, he got these, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of requests. And he said, wow, so many people are willing to, to sleep in, in a room, in, my, in a room in my house. So that's, there's something there. So uh, that was actually an interesting thing. But again, it's just he, he bumped upon it, but created one of the best businesses uh, created in the last uh, decade. And before we go to the second one, this, this, you know, you've identified these sort of six areas. And is this, um, is, is, is Hotspur, is it, a, is it a, a sort of cultural way of being? Or is it something you learn in school or passed down through history? Or um, It's a good question. I, I, I think that... Um, it's obviously it's part of our culture. So in a way, if I, you know, you're from the UK, if I, I give you a, a little bit of a, you, you have, a, you have understatement as part of your culture, yeah. uh, which nobody teaches you to, to, to say thing uh, in an, in an understatement manner, but it's, you grow up with it. Uh, in Israel, we don't even in Hebrew, there's not even a word for understatement because we don't have that, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. We're very, <laughs> very bold and direct. So, um, uh, so I, I'm not sure it's something that, you know, there's no uh, class for chutzpah in, in school, but you do feel it very uh, often, again, both the positive and the negative side. Uh, and I think that, um, I, but I do think that it can be taught. So, you know, unlike uh, charisma, for example, that you're either born with it or not, Chutzpah is something that if I kind of train you to think in this mindset, you can actually adopt it. Uh, so it's not something that you're either born with it or grow up with it. You can actually learn it in a way or practice it. Excellent. So the, the second one was then you've, uh, you, you think about your you know, challenged reality. This is, um, you know, I've got to go into this market. Um, the market which is around leadership and business development but actually what you do is lots of people are operating in a certain way lots of consultants coaches you look at a different way to approach the market but the next one is um then dominate the market category or, or create an entirely new one yeah so um so i think that um when you look at markets you know in many cases a very cluttered very um you know it's very hard to get into them and uh Definitely, when you create a startup uh, and, and as a venture capital, you want to see an exit in the end of the line as well. Um, the valuations and the chances of success is that if you will be able to dominate a category. Uh, and um, the, the, the way to do it is either when you enter a category which is relatively new, 
uh, and then you can compete with you know maybe two or three other competitors uh, and run for this top the, the, for this hill. Uh, and the other one is you, if you just invent the category. Um, you know, Twitter invented a category and that's it. You know, you have one company dominating it and that's it because they invented something that were never created before, for example. Um, and, um, but there are a lot, of, a lot of cases where the, the subcategory that you find is through this uh, trial and error. Uh, we had a company, uh, it's still very active and very successful, called CyberArk uh, in, in, the, in the privilege access space. And, and they started in one place for kind of securing your, uh, securing your, it's kind of an internal vault or digital vault. But it, as they evolved, they've realized that their clients were looking for more than that. And they wanted to control who is, who is accessing which kind of data. And... Um, you know, kind of things came together uh, probably uh, around 2013, 2012, 2013, when Snowden uh, came to the world and uh, it really proved to the world that some, you know, a very, uh, anybody in this organization had access to all the information in the organization. And that was kind of, uh, even though they were active before that, that just happened before the, the their IPO in ASDAQ. Uh, but they've kind of, ruled in a way the privilege access uh, access uh, market so uh, I think that once you once you identify needs in the market and the nice thing is the needs are constantly changing and there's always room for innovation so I think if you have a good musical ear and you can say okay there's something new going on here I want to tap on that and you're running fast enough to actually meet the need, uh, you can actually create a new category and, and thus um, dominate it. Yes. Yeah. I, that, makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense. Looking for a new one or invent, inventing a new one. Um, so then um, we've got about four or five minutes to commercial break now. And then um, the next one was about foreseeing the future and innovating to meet its demands. So that's taking a a forward look yeah um i think that um when you look at uh, at most startups uh, it takes time to build the technology to develop it etc so in a way you you should you should um try to understand where the world is going and try to say okay in two three years these kind of uh, things will be needed uh, again i'll give you an example of a company that at the time um, um, uh, we invested in uh, called Navajo, they, what they did, they were one of the first to identify the need for, for cybersecurity in the cloud. Because uh, when the cloud just started, a lot of people said, you know, organization would never put their, you know, precious data on the cloud because it's not secured. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it would be good maybe for pictures and, uh, you know, so documents, but not for sensitive data. And this company said, you know what, that doesn't make sense. Let's build this, uh, um, this technology that will enable to inscript, in, encrypt uh, the data in such a way that it be fully secured. And, uh, and they were one of the first ones to actually meet this new need that were, was, uh, emerged in the market. And again, Salesforce uh, identified them and, and bought them because uh, they mm -hmm. really like this uh, encryption uh, solution. So... If you see a trend, um, you can actually forecast 
you know, IoT, for example, everybody's talking about, uh, um, you know, autonomous cars, things like that. You know, again, how do you secure it from a cyber perspective? You know, how, how would you not uh, hack a, a car and uh, take over it? Uh, so all these new technologies that are emerging are always uh, bringing new challenges, and these challenges will need solutions, and the solution could be uh, your company or your concept that you're coming up with. Mm. Yeah, I think that makes um, that's a good example of the cybersecurity on the cloud because it's uh, you, know, you, you could probably anticipate a few years ago when they were thinking about that the cloud is going to be you know here to stay, um, and and you know not too dependent on a new technology happening too quickly. And you're right, you're going to need securities. So that was quite a smart bet, I would have imagined. Uh, yeah. So uh, again, nobody knew it. You know, we look at uh, back, uh, you know, perspective. It makes sense. But but again, it's a bet. You say, okay, I think the market will go there, and then you build it. Sometimes you make bad bets or, or wrong bets. You say you think the market will go right and goes left or vice versa. But uh, but if you have a good hypothesis of where the market is going, you should be able to foresee it and try to come up with the right solution at the right time. Mm. Right, we're going to go to commercial break, and after the break, we'll look at uh, bending the rules, and we'll look at show don't tell, um, which uh, yeah, which uh, I think will be be fascinating. They sound like um, the kind of rules that happen in the playground too. So <laughs> we we back again with you in just a couple of minutes, and uh, you know if you've got any questions or comments and things, do send them across to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Love to hear what you've got to say, and I'll share any with uh, Yuri as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again with just a couple of minutes. Do join us shortly. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. We're talking about the unstoppable startup and six secrets of chutzpah. And I'm just, uh, just saying to Yuri, I'm kind of imagining all these meetings going on in, in Israel with these, um, these startups and they're, they're challenging reality and the status quo. And they're thinking, how can we 
how can we dominate this um, this market category or create a new one like Twitter or um, you know how can we also maybe you know look at look at trends at the moment and foresee a future where uh, we can innovate and create something that will meet a new demand. Um, so um, we've got um, uh, some more to talk about and let's talk about um, um, the market needs it even if it doesn't just yet. Yeah, so I think that uh, in many cases entrepreneurs have this. Uh, high level of sensitivity where they can actually uh, feel that the market needs something, but, you know, the market is not uh, aware of that. Uh, you know, obviously, Steve Jobs is a great example of such entrepreneurs. Uh, when he came up with the iPhone to start with, uh, you know, everybody was, what do you mean there's no buttons on the phone? You know, what do you mean it's a whole, it's a screen or one button that was at the time? Uh, what do you mean it's a whole screen? What do you mean uh, you'll be using the media uh, more than the phone and uh, he said yeah you know uh, and he obviously got it <laughs> right and he won, won the market in a way uh, and then Samsung came up with their solution but uh, I think that um, uh, a good Israeli example which I also talk in the book is is company called Waze uh, which is uh, a navigation uh, uh, application where uh, they you know the entrepreneur uh, called Uri Levine is a great entrepreneur and, and a great guy uh, he kind of came up with this idea saying, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't make sense. Again, talking about challenging reality, it doesn't make sense that I have this GPS and it tells me the route uh, to go to a certain, from A to B, to a certain place, but it doesn't tell me how long it will take. And uh, I know when I'm in a traffic jam, only when I'm in it, you know, uh, unless I'm listening to the radio or whatever. But then again, it's not an effective way. Um, and he said, let's create this kind of uh, a community that will tell each other where are the traffic jams, but you don't have to text anything. Uh, we will take the data. We will understand where the traffic jams are because of the speed of, of, of the car. And then we can actually share this uh, and let everybody knows where the best route to go through. And if there's a, a, a traffic jam in one place, we can route them to another. And uh, in the beginning, uh, everybody told them, you know, that wouldn't work, you know, privacy, wouldn't, people wouldn't want to share their locations. Uh, you have Google Maps, why would, uh, you know, that's already a good solution for us. And he said, no, no, it's not good enough. You know, even though it's Google and whatever, uh, I think there's a need for that. And, uh, and, and again, he, he actually proved everybody uh, was wrong and he prevailed. And uh, eventually, Google bought them for over a billion dollars. Uh, because they've created this great app that enables you to navigate in a much better way than any other solution. Um, so the market needed it, but uh, it didn't know how to, you know, say it uh, uh, in so many words. So uh, I think when you when you feel something, and, it's, and in some cases, you know, you, you actually feel it yourself on a personal level. So why why is it does, doesn't make sense? Why is it working like that? Uh, and uh, you can you can come up and change it, or um, you know I know today I mentioned I'm I'm involved uh, now also in um, digital health and uh, and a bit of biotech and bioconvergence and there's um, uh, you know drug delivery to the to the body is a big thing because today you you send a body uh, somebody I talked to give gave a great analogy it's like sending a a pizza guy uh, without an address, you know, go find yeah. who ordered the pizza. So you just put the drug in the body and all the, and 
the drug should find where, where, where the place needs it. And so the, this is the reality. And when you come to challenge it, you say, no, I want to create this nanorobot that will take the drug and will go to the exact place where it needs it and then release the drug there. And thus, you know, again, changing the whole concept of uh, how, how the body consume uh, the drug in a much uh, more efficient way. Uh, so I think that there's all sorts of things that you, you might, the, the, the market will adopt quickly because it's already, it's, it's there, it needs it. But if you come with it, you need to come up with the right solution and then it happens very fast. Mm. Yes, I like that. And you, you said sometimes it can be a, a, a feeling that you, that you have inside that you know this is right rather than necessarily being you know, a, a piece of extensive market research. I mean, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm sort of saying this is that often, uh, you know, for, for example, if you take cars, you know, sometimes cars get redesigned and people look at them and they think, oh gosh, you know, I don't like the look of that. That's a bit weird. But in about in a year or two's time, it, um, it seems to fit, doesn't it? People accept it and grow to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of think, so you kind need of thinking, to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, there's a lot in the venture capital business. There's a lot of a lot of hunch, or you know, you 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 obviously you look at Excel's and you look at the markets and the numbers and the you know the growth and the, the competition and all the things that you look at when you do diligence a company. But at the end of the day, you need to have a good hunch about the team, a good hunch about the product, a good hunch about the technology, about the market. So it's not all. Uh, kind of a left brain there's a lot of right brain uh, going on there as well yeah so what is um talk about bending the rules yeah so this i think that's uh you know i guess it's kind of an israeli thing that uh we're we're not that good in uh, following rules and uh obviously i'm not talking about breaking uh, any legal rule or anything like that um but um uh, there's a good example of uh there's a um, a competition that Google announced uh, a few years back, and uh, it was it it was um, about sending a vehicle or a, you know a spaceship or a, uh, to the moon by private uh, entrepreneurs, and they uh, said, okay, uh, the rules are that you need to build it, uh, you need to send it to the moon, it needs to land, and then it needs to uh, move uh, 500 yards on the moon. At, excuse me, and. Um, all the teams, and you get to, I don't know, $20 million or something like that as a price. And there were quite a few teams around the world. And the Israeli, there were three guys that just sat in a bar and said, you know what, let's, let's try to send something to the moon. And they uh, were kind of late uh, comers, so they had to really move fast. And all the other teams built this uh, rover in order to cross, you know, 500 yards on, on the moon. Uh, the Israelis thought, you know what, um, the rules are that you need to pass this 500 yards. It doesn't really say how. And so one of the challenges with building this thing and, and, and uh, uh, send it to the moon is, is the weight. And the weight also uh, affects the amount of fuel that you need and all that. And they wanted to send something very, very light. So uh, eventually they came back to Google and say, you know what? Uh, we don't want to send a rover, uh, but we still want to make the 500-yard rule. So we want to make our um, spaceship jump the 500 rather than travel on the moon. So the organizers, uh, they were kind of surprised. They said, okay, let us check. They went back to the, <laughs> to the rules of the competition. They looked at the 
fine print and said, you know what, it doesn't say anything about not jumping, so you might as well jump. And uh, what they built eventually was something that uh, could jump. Uh, unfortunately, their spaceship crashed on the land, so they couldn't prove the, the jumping part of it. <laughs> but, uh, but it was the first time that it, it did hit the moon, so it was actually the first time that a non-government team has actually made uh, to send something that will touch the moon. Uh, hopefully their next uh, thing uh, will be able to land properly and, and make the jump. But again, when you look at rules, sometimes they can be bent and sometimes they be, can be looked from a different angle rather than the obvious way to look at them. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And then the final one, let's talk about that. That's when we've got a few minutes till the end. And so tell us a little about Show, Don't Tell. Uh, yeah, I think especially when you talk about technology, uh, people can say, yeah, I can do that. My technology will do that. And you can either believe it or not. Uh, but you, when you actually demonstrate it, that it works, and you don't need necessarily have to have the whole product ready. You need to have some kind of a, a MVP, a minimum viable product you, that can show the core technology that's working. Then it's much more powerful than anything else. Um, a company, uh, again, I talk uh, about in, in the book is a company called Tetaray, which uh, uh, built this very, very sophisticated algorithms to identify anomalies in big data. And uh, you can impl implement it in various uh, uh, verticals, and uh, they chose uh, the, the finance vertical eventually. Uh, and you can detect fraud, um, ATM fraud, money laundry, all these things that are uh, uh, and, and not normal in the database, uh, you can actually detect them if you have the right technology. Because otherwise, it's this masses of, of data that you cannot spot these uh, anomalies. So what they did, they came up with this machine, so to speak, and they, with, their, with their solution and came to an organization and said, you know what, give us the data. You, the client, put in there some anomalies. We don't, we don't need to know what the data is about, what the anomalies are, and we'll run it. And within, you know, a few minutes or a couple of hours, depends on the size of the data, they kind of uh, cherry-picked, so to speak, the anomalies out of the big data. And, and the clients were, you know, amazed, said, wow, <laughs> this is something mm -hmm. that for a data scientist it will take, I don't know, eight months, 12 months to pick up, and you did it in, you know, an hour or a few hours' time, that's amazing. So, uh, and obviously that's kind of the way you can uh, 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 get your clients because you prove that your technology works and then you can uh, work with them in, on the specific solution that uh, they need. But uh, when, uh, when, I think if it's, it's, it's advisable not to just promise stuff uh, but to demonstrate it, and if you demonstrate it, that it works. It doesn't have to be already, you know, full product design, you know, uh, uh, scalable, etc. But the core technology, if you can prove it, uh, that also brings you a lot of validation to your investors, to other clients. Uh, you may have a design partner working with you uh, to kind of uh, shape the product in the right way, to get the product market fit in a, in a, in a good way. So... I think that if you can come up with this minimum viable product that can actually show what you're doing and not just tell that you will be doing it one day, uh, that's very powerful. Excellent. Well, we're nearly at the end of the show now. I'm going to ask, to ask you, do you have a final message that you'd like to leave us with? 
Um, I think I want to I want to uh, leave a message. Uh, it's kind of uh, from it's a, from the Israeli army in a way, but uh, it, the Israeli army has a very unique um, uh, culture. Uh, obviously, every army you need to follow orders, but in the Israeli army, following orders is not necessarily the most important thing. The most important thing is completing the mission. And this is how you're being trained. I was a commander of a combat unit for many years. And you are being trained to improvise, to come up with creative ideas, to, to find you know, solutions on the spots. And, and this completion of the mission is the most important thing. It's actually the only important thing. And when you take this concept to business, uh, it's very powerful because it makes you uh, be um, agile. It makes it enables you to be creative. Uh, it makes you uh, focus on the right thing, uh, and it makes you have and it kind of uh, creates a sense of urgency uh, that is very important in many cases when you run a business. Uh, to outcompete your uh, competition and to get to the market first or, or, or to meet the needs. So I think that uh, complete the mission, if you take that, you know, together with the chutzpah that we talked throughout the show, I think these are good mind, mindsets that can help anyone, I guess, uh, runs their business in a, in a good, focused and productive manner. Fantastic. Uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. I think there's some... Uh... There's, there's real golden nuggets in there. And I think you combining that with this uh, completion of the mission at the end, I think, uh, you know, completes the jigsaw. Um, yeah, huge thank you, Yuri. I hope you've enjoyed thank being you, on the Chris. show today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Great talking to you. Find out more about the book, um, go to unstoppablestartup.com. And uh, I recommend, um, I've, I've had a, a scan over the book. It looks great. And uh, and I think these principles are really valuable. To connect with Yuri, you can uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. It's probably the best route forward. On next week's show, I've got a holiday now. I'm going away for a week. I can't believe it. I haven't really been away this year. And um, uh, so to do, in, in my place, we've got uh, the, the show in very capable hands with John Jennings. So John works alongside with me at Chris Cooper Business Elevation. He's got a guest, a great guest, Roy Lynch, who's been senior roles and things in the Institute of Directors, etc. He's going to talk about with John about better leaders, better business, and really, um, you know, getting at the, ahead of the game uh, when it comes to uh, leadership today. So that'll be very, very fascinating. Uh, do we enjoy that show? I look forward to being back with you again in uh, in just a couple of weeks um, for. Um, I think uh, nearly we're getting close to 400 shows very shortly. So thank you very much for all of your support. Um, lovely to um, always lovely to hear from you as well. I think what we need to do is set up some kind of a, a LinkedIn group or a Facebook group uh, shortly so that we can all start to talk to each other uh, much more than we're doing at the moment as well. So well, I think we'll make that happen uh, before Christmas. Uh, so uh, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Yuri. And thank best you. regards to you and uh, all your family and friends and connections who may be listening to this in in israel and around the world thank you it was a pleasure thank you very much we thank you for listening to the chris cooper business elevation show please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.